0: Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049
1: Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy?
2: Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Ted Linhart, Garrett Eisler here with you once again today we're going to talk about season four episode 13 a barnacle adventure which aired on december 21st 1973. uh it's interesting to know that except for season one they never really did any other christmas episodes thank god see i like christmas episodes (laughs) in general in general maybe it'd be hard to do in the odd couple because i mean well
3: what do you think i forget what did you make of the 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 season one christmas episode
2: the there were moments of it i liked especially because i don't really like season one like that tippy toe that yeah right um and it was in you know it's a standard way to do christmas on tv is to do a christmas carol um i think they could have done something i mean clearly they made a conscious decision not to because every even all in the family at the time was doing christmas episodes
3: well you know what's interesting about the you you're, you're alluding to the fact that this aired basically at Christmas. yeah well
2: time. that's why i mentioned it because it aired yeah. four days before christmas
3: and i have there's some interesting information pertaining to that which is that for the most part season four has been airing in sequence but this is the one episode i've noticed so far that cl- seems to have been taped a few weeks earlier ah and that like even like like, uh, between this is the army, Mrs. Madison and Felix directs. So it seems like either they, for what, I don't know why they would have held it, but they could have just held it for, if they didn't like it, they could have held it, you know, for, uh, for later when they were on vacation, I don't
2: know. Well, regardless of that, they clearly didn't film a Christmas episode ever yes that is I am, not, I am
3: not i am not contradicting that but you but don't I, I think
2: you like, I feel it like that the way.
3: timing of this is almost like the opposite of doing a christmas episode it's like we'll just put into this slot the thing that we did weeks ago that we never aired
2: but you're saying you're happy they didn't do a christmas episode
3: yeah i uh i would be skeptical i'm skeptical of those things in general um and i guess potentially that could have been did something fun with funny with the ex-families and stuff um, what
2: if Victor Bona was on it then would you like to- oh
3: Santa Claus of course yeah <laughs> oh my god let's go back in time and uh, film this episode
2: so let me understand the Garrett point of view Christmas bad exorcism's good
3: yeah totally
2: uh we should say that <laughs> why
3: wasn't which leads to the point why wasn't the exorcists the Christmas episode that would have been that would have been so wild well, it should have
2: been the Halloween
3: countercultural right
2: well, i guess so. uh we should say that the the majority of the people who commented about last week's mm. episode were mm. on your side because well they i, to I like don't want to make
3: this personal i mean it's not like
2: i it's not personal i'm just saying they most people who commented liked it, liked it, liked it. a lot now maybe episode. the people who agreed with me certainly didn't need to voice anything but <laughs> those who did voice said that they enjoyed the yes. bad uh, exorcism episode
3: well, I, I, I'm not necessarily aligning myself with those people, but some of them I think liked it even more than I did. But um, I, I would say you took a stand, and uh, I salute you for that. Uh, but you know, the people have spoken. So well, nothing
2: they said changed my mind. They just said Victor <laughs> Bona did a good job, and there's some right. great lines in the episode, and I right. I don't agree. Hey, okay, so know, who who wrote this episode? Don't
3: don't, don't do a podcast if you uh,
2: if you don't want. You curses, don't like the or...
3: fire. Stay out of the podcast. <laughs> Stay out of the what? <sighs> Don't stay let the fire the... stay out of the kitchen. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Who wrote this episode?
3: Oh, so this episode is uh, credited to the uh, leading writing team uh, of the moment uh, in season four, Lowell, Gantz and Mark Rothman, two of the head writers. But interestingly, in the uh, 25th anniversary of Odd Couple Companion, which occasionally quotes some comments from the, the staff of the show about certain episodes i haven't been quoting it lately because there hasn't been particularly notable commentary but mark rothman uh just does mention not one of my favorites this was someone else's idea although i don't remember where it came from so uh there is no story credit or additional credit here but uh it, they are saying that it, it was an, someone submitted this and was heavily rewritten it seems
2: so the show opens up with oscar sitting in a dentist chair there's an attractive female dental technician in the room she's picking up some file folders and she bends down to file them he's staring a bit sheepishly at her behind she walks behind him and he turns around to look at her she says please not please try not to move your head too much mr madison it won't dry properly So he turns back around, but he picks up a dental mirror to look behind him at the technician, I'm calling her. She's played by a woman named Erin O'Malley, who has a very limited number of IMDb credits. The really only other notable show I saw that she was on was Charlie's Angels.
3: Hmm. That's interesting because it looks like she could be on Charlie's Angels.
2: There you go. So now the dentist walks in. He's holding a small X-ray in tweezers, which I... Is weird, the way he was doing that. You know, live. <laughs> and he says to Oscar, look at this X-ray. It's the tooth that wouldn't keep the filling. The one I filled six months ago, it still holds. Oscar says, how come? The other one lasted a week, ended up in some Turkish taffy. So we'll later find out that the dentist's name is Dr. Elmo Most. He's played by Val Avery, who has 171 credits IMDb, dating back to 1950s live TV. In the 60s and 70s, he worked on episodic TV like Twilight Zone, Monsters, Get Smart, I Spy, Fugitive, Wild Wild in West. The,
3: you mean in the 60s and 70s?
2: Yes, what I say? I, it sounded like you were well, saying. Well, he the is 60. List. Sorry, in the 1960s <laughs> and 70s. Uh, Gunsmoke, Mod Squad, McCloud, Mission Impossible, Columbo, Mannix, Quincy, all my favorites. Oh, he, he, I was
3: wondering if he showed up in a Quincy. That's All a these people me. show up in
2: a Quincy. <laughs> in the movies, he was in a lot of John Cassavetti's movies. Mm. He was in The Magnificent Seven, Papillon, Deville Horror, and Cobra.
3: Wow. Well, that's quite a, a, a eclectic range. I mean, he, he's he's an actor that I, was, I actually was curious about because not, I had never, I didn't recognize him from anything. And he also at times seemed like, barely an act I don't I'm not saying this is a criticism No no because, I know what you're
2: saying Yeah I he doesn't feel like he's I he has a kind of very everyman quality Yeah right it does feel like he kind of was like a like a crew member, they hired on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: right. He's a, but it's interesting. You mentioned John Cassavetes. I mean, the, if he if he worked for John Cassavetes, Cassavetes was doing a lot of like grungy indie films of the fifties and sixties, and so seems like maybe he that was his thing. And and in those other films you mentioned, I imagine he was like a small, you know, like one of the crowd or one of the townspeople. No, I
2: think he had some pretty sizable roles. He was usually oh. a villain, I think. Ah. Uh, so Elmo says this one will never fall out. The glue I use is my own secret formula. Oscar says, what's so secret about it? Now, Elmo looks behind him <laughs> as if there's could be a spy in the room or mm-hmm. I don't know what he, I mean, if he's looking for a mic or a bugging device, his turning his head around his shoulders, doesn't do anything. Yes.
3: Well, it was the seventies, you know, all that paranoia conspiracy theory,
2: Uh, He says, I know I can trust you. I can tell by your teeth you're an honest man. Oscar Mm -hmm. says, you can tell by my teeth. What am I, a horse? (laughs) Now, I didn't really ever get this joke until I recently looked it up for this. And I I guess you can tell a horse's age, gender, and health by its teeth. You you knew that, I guess?
3: Oh, no. I just think it's a, it's a, a great example of Jack Klugman, Oscar's great, what am I, a what?
2: James. Right, that's true. But that's why he references a horse. Elmo says, "You know, I've been a dentist for twenty years, and one thing I've learned is that teeth don't lie." You know, the first man that talked out against Hitler was his dentist, which I think is made up, as far as I can tell. Made up. Yes. I, Oscar says, "I didn't know that." I did not
3: that. bother to follow that up.
2: Oscar says, "I didn't know that." What's the big secret about your glue? Elmo looks around again for spies, I guess, in the office, and says, "Barnacles." oscar says barnacles elmer says you know how barnacles stick to the side of ships well i made this out of my barnacle glue that's what he says i made this out of my barnacle glue he's saying the filling no i think he's no i think he's about to point i think he's pointing to the jar that he's about Ah, and i think it's a misspeak Mm. i think he's what he's trying to say is i made this glue out of barnacles ah so i actually think val avery said that incorrectly Because at that point, he's saying that that while he's dipping his finger in the glue, and he puts a dab on the table. He says, now watch this. I take a little bit of glue, put the cup there, and he takes a coffee mug. He puts it on top of that dab of glue. He presses down, and he blows for some reason on it. He he doesn't blow hard enough to do anything, so it means absolutely Mm -hmm, nothing mm -hmm. that he blows. He tells Oscar to pick up the mug. Oscar says, oh, come on. It's still wet. That'll be easy. Elmo says, no, no, it's fast drying. Oscar tries to pick it up, but it won't move. He says, holy mackerel, this stuff is terrific. I never saw anything better advertised on television. You ought to market that. Now, I would say Jack Jack Klugman does a fairly good job convincing us he cannot move that mug. Yes. However, he takes his, he's holding it with one arm and he takes his second hand. And most people, I think, if they're really trying to lift the mug, they would put their second hand on the mug. And lift it up with both hands but what mm-hmm. he does did you notice what he does no he puts his other hand on his arm on his, <laughs> on his other arm i see hmm. as if somehow that's supposed yep. to apply more pressure to lifting it that's up funny like that would be what you would do if you were trying to push it down exactly so i think in trying to act as if he's yep. doing his best he's <laughs> doing something To make sure he doesn't accidentally lift it up. Right,
3: he's actually, the actor really is pushing it down. Right. To make it harder to pull up.
2: (laughs) And the audience, there's a snicker from the audience. And I'm not sure if they're snickering Mm. because they realize what he's doing looks a little odd.
4: Mm.
2: Or if they're just laughing at the moment. Uh, Elmo says, I am. My brother-in-law is backing me. Oscar says, see that? I never get on the ground for something. I never get in on the ground for something good like that. Elmo says, you want to come in? Oscar says, what about your brother-in-law? And Elmo says, I'd rather have you come in. I don't trust him. Oscar asks if he has bad teeth. Elmo says, false teeth. Oscar says, how much you need? Elmo says, $2,000, but I need it right away. Oscar says, you got a deal. I'll get it for my roommate, Felix. What? <laughs> Pretty
3: presumptuous.
2: That's a lot of money. I didn't look up in the Fush and calculator how much it it's is. It's got but... to at least,
3: yeah. And I and I think that this kind of sum is hard to judge purely by inflation. It's not like the price of goods and services. But let's. I would say it's. It would be at, at least something like ten thousand today.
2: We know in the past that Felix doesn't really have a lot of right. Extra There's money no
3: evidence. There's no uh, indication that Felix would ever just part with money like this.
2: So, or that he even has it. Which and he, can yeah. I just
3: bring up another question, which yes. uh, is kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but just to think about going forward, isn't it, I've, I just was kept waiting for an explanation of like how, where's Oscar's stake in this? Like, his plan is to get Felix to put up the money, but then wouldn't Felix, even if he does put up the money, oh, want well, the point. full share right. like where, where's oscar sharing? that's
2: actually a really good point i didn't think about that's right <laughs>
3: they just never never go into that
2: right it's as if unless oscar's... he's doing
3: it purely for the good of his friend the dentist
2: or oscar's gonna borrow two thousand dollars from field let's not tell him um, why which isn't right. what happens though and
3: get the in, they get the capital profit and then pay him back the original. right
2: but he does just tell him exactly what it is mm. so you're right there is no right what well, doesn't oscar have like a hundred dollars or something
3: proving well, that he doesn't I...
2: have money Yeah. Proving back to my point that they could not afford this apartment. Okay, so. uh, After uh, Oscar says, I'll get it from my roommate, Felix, Elmo says, can you trust him? Oscar says, are you kidding? No cavities. Mm -hmm. So we go to credits from there. Uh, After the credits, we see Oscar standing in the living room. He rubs his hands together and blows on them for no reason. (laughs) A lot of blowing involved in this glue technique. So he sticks a pencil eraser into the barnacle glue and then affixes it to the bowling ball that's in a bowling ball bag. Mm -hmm. Now we see the pencil sticking up out of the bag. uh, And then Felix comes home, and that leads us to our first clip.
0: feet.
1: I just came from covering a mixed marriage. (laughs) 150 people in a two-room apartment. So hot, the ice goose melted. (laughs) Not only that, the bride's grandmother made me dance the Kozatski. The other side made me dance the Tarantella. You must be hungry. I'm too tired to cook.
0: No, oh, I'll make dinner. I'll make some sandwiches. You? Yeah, what do you want? Egg salad, tuna salad, chicken salad? Egg salad. It. You got no it. No ketchup. But... Here you go. Egg salad sandwich.
1: You sure you didn't go to too much trouble?
0: Well, I passed the cafeteria on my way home.
1: 85 cents. You want me to pay you now? <laughs>
0: You got a great sense of humor. That's why I love you. No, it's on me. And I got something to drink to go with.
1: I don't want a beer.
0: Who's talking about a beer? I got something special here. I got a mint julep. That goes perfect with an salad sandwich. He's got a sprig of mint. (laughs) Put your feet up, old buddy. Put your feet up. Put your head back. Close your eyes. What? 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 You want something? Uh. What? Money. what horse is it this time that's the thanks i get i knew you were gonna have a rough day you always do for me i thought i would do for you i'm sorry i apologize
1: i took it out on you how much do you need two thousand forget it you got a chance to get in on a terrific investment another investment like those oil wells in vermont drilled for over a year and found 15 barrels of maple syrup?
4: <laughs>
1: so
0: Forget about the ship, Felix, what is the stickiest substance on Earth? This egg salad. <laughs> Can you be serious? All right. Out at sea, what is it that ships have? Singles dancers. How do I know? <laughs> <laughs> already. Barnacles, Felix. Barnacles! They stick to the hull of the ship. Barnacles! The simple sea creature that secretes the strongest glue on Earth. You know, when they're attached to a ship, they have to be blasted off, right? I know a guy who has discovered their secret. Here, look at him.
1: You mean I'm holding Barnacle Waste in my hand? I'm <laughs> the most powerful
0: gloom known to man at ship. So now I'm supposed to give you all my money? If you had a brain in your head, you'd give me all your money to invest in the greatest discovery since cockroach powder.
1: An interesting choice. <laughs> I don't have a brain in my head. Right. So forget right. it.
0: Right. No. I okay. want to let you on the ground floor. Okay. Fine. All right. Fine. All right. That's as long as I know. Okay. By the way, Gloria, you called You wants you to call her back. Why? Didn't you tell me? I just thought about it. Oh, that's funny. It's
1: clever, yeah. yeah you can.
0: Go <laughs> ahead. See, Sidney, Sidney, go ahead, try. Try you can't. It's a button to help you. Go ahead. Try to get Atlas to help you. Go ahead. Try. You couldn't get Godzilla to take this off the phone. I'm telling you, It's great for ruining phones. It's great for rubber. How can I convince you? Look what I did here, well, sure, here. I glued my pencil to a bowling ball. Oh boy, you had a busy day. All right, you're gonna see big deal. Watch this. Okay, you ready? It's heavy than I thought. Okay. There you go, buddy. Big deal, huh? Oh, Jeff. You impressed? Who invented
1: this glue? My dentist. And inventing dentists? Who we'll put them on Ted Mack?
0: You'll meet them. The worst thing that can happen is you'll find out you don't have any cavities.
2: So uh, a few things about that scene. <laughs> I always wondered, how did they do that pencil bowling ball gag?
3: Um, you mean aside from it being a, a rigged prop?
2: Yeah. Is that what it is? Because how do you what is it it's well,
3: like a i i was i guess then it's not surprising to you that the audience would applaud right i was so thinking <laughs> what is the genius. what is
2: the prop is it All like right.
3: made it so why do you think well, it really is a pencil we see well
2: i'm not saying that i i don't believe that's what it is i guess but we see him glue a pencil to a bowling ball so the, the, right. the pencil and the bowling ball are not together right. at the beginning of the scene and unless they stopped tape right. but have you Right, right.
3: Are you saying this is a seamless one take scene well, with no cutting back and forth?
2: I'm suggesting, yes. Do you not? Is that not true? <laughs> well,
3: you're if, if, right. If you're caught, this is the magic of cinema that if you're caught up in it, you don't notice. But it would not have been hard for them to to pause and substitute another bag for that.
2: So what is it? But something. There has to be something with a pencil attached to something lifting well, up. Something. Okay,
3: it could be. A fake bo- a lighter bowling ball it could be a stronger a pen something uh, a very strong looking pencil a very strong p- thing that looks like a pencil it but how do they affix
2: it to the how do they affix it to a bowling ball or whatever it doesn't have to really be a rolling ball they can make a bowling
3: the ball. props shop yeah <laughs> what, what did i call it
2: rolling ball so what is it is it a single piece Roller of ball. foam that is shaped um,
3: Well, if it's not heavy, then Jack Klugman is doing a good job making it look heavy. He does. Uh, But it also could be a heavy, well, a bowling, they could glue something to the bowling ball with heavy glue. It only has to last for that 10 seconds that he's lifting it. So I'll leave it to the handymen and women out there to um, provide some theories, but it would not be it would maybe be a challenge if, if you really wanted it to look like a pencil i guess it would have to be a challenge but there are a number of ways you could rig that
2: well i think it, it does look like a pencil and it does look like a bowling ball so to me it's not obvious how it's rigged it could also be point. drilled
3: all the way down into the ball
2: that would make the most sense i guess i don't know how you still then affix it to what but if i were
3: in the props department i would say there's no reason this has to be a real bowling ball and a real no i agree i'm not and saying it's a real it to
2: make it look that way but what is it that's... What is constructed to allow something so... Oh, I agree. Sl- I,
3: I would be... That would be really neat to know.
2: Okay. I'm Unfortunately,
3: sure. we don't have that kind of... Uh, of all the sources and all the... I uh, thought you
2: would know being a stage we man.
3: Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> to be honest with you, Ted, it's not a prop that comes up a lot in uh, descriptions. It's not the old pencil bowling ball challenge 101. It's not this an Arth- Arthur situation.
2: Miller doesn't have this in some <laughs> of his plays? No, not oh. in okay ball of a sales no. uh uh there's just it maybe it's obvious but the, the oscar's cooking is he empties a paper <laughs> bag with some wrapped plastic <laughs> which, sandwiches which is in it. That's hilarious yeah uh i didn't know that the kasatsky is that russian squat dance but that's what it is did you know that? i
3: didn't either no i mean i didn't know that's what he was referring to and that's of course a funny dance so
2: uh i bet you also do know who ted mack is which is right i do know oh okay Mack's how sense. do you know who ted mack is
3: because I know about old time radio. Well, he wasn't He's more radio. television. Was he more television? Used to, yeah.
2: Uh, I confused
3: uh, him with Major Bose, but he was after Major,
2: Major, Major Bose. Bose was radio. So Ted Mack was the host of what would kind of the original Star Search. It was an amateur competition, amateur variety show that featured on, uh, amateurs who had special talents or right. anything. It ran from 1948 to
3: 1970 on TV. Uh, that late? Nice. No, see. Yeah. I was associated with earlier yeah i uh yeah yes so i guess the mixed marriage that felix is referring to is russian and And italian Italian. yes it's the tarantella
2: so now we have a new scene we're back at elmo's office um by the way sorry but on that clip there's a couple things i've always enjoyed I love it when Felix goes, oh boy, what a day you had. I, I, I misquoted that. But. In response to, I glued a pencil. Yes. <laughs> and when, when Oscar says, what's the sticky substance on earth? He says, this, this egg, egg salad. salad. <laughs> it's, those are really funny lines. All right. So we're back at Elmo's office. There's a woman leaving his office for some reason. I don't know why they needed her there, but we see her, I like, see the back of a woman leaving a patient. And then the same technician, the same woman tells Oscar and Felix they're next. Oscar comes in and says, hi, Elmo. Say hi to my roommate, Felix. Felix, say hello to a great inventor, a good dentist, Dr. Elmo Most.
3: (laughs) Hey, that's not nice.
2: Felix says, Dr. Most. Oscar says, Felix is thinking of investing in our project. Now it's our project, uh, of which you're right. Oscar has no stake in it at the moment.
3: But I guess he's trying to wheedle his way into it, yeah.
2: Elmo says, oh, Mr. Unger, I'm a modest man who happens to be a genius. Felix says, uh-huh. Oscar says, he won a high school science fair. Felix goes, mm. mm-hmm. Elmo says, would you mind sitting in my chair, please? I always talk better to people when they're in, sitting in the chair. Please, just relax. This won't hurt. Just open wide. Felix starts to look at Oscar, annoyed at this quirk of Elmo's. He opens his mouth for the doctor to look at his teeth. Elmo says, nice, very nice. He has a very trustworthy teeth. Felix nods his head in a way that says, what a kook, as he looks at Oscar. Elmo says, but he has suspicious gums. And then we'll play our second clip.
1: Gums don't lie. I am suspicious of this miracle mucilage of yours. Blue. What do you need extra money for? Well, refinement, development. Hmm? What kind of refinement?
2: Well, for one thing... I can't get the
1: lid off the jar. It
4: sticks. (laughs) How
0: many will help us to solve that problem?
1: Who wants to buy glue that sticks to the inside of the tube? Right now, I can only use small amounts, but with further refinement, I know it'll mass-produce. How much have you put in yourself? Ten thousand. It's a lot of fillings.
4: (laughs) You want me to show you a demonstration? No, 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 no.
1: I've seen it demonstrated. It ruined my bowling ball. I wonder if Mr. Madison and I could have a moment to um Oh sure, sure, sure. Make yourselves at home. Uh rinse, spit, do anything you want. <laughs> well,
0: what do you think? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. again? What is it? It's too risky. Such a small risk for such a big payoff. $2,000 that's a drop in a bucket to you. Oscar, you you labor
1: under a serious misconception. How much money do you think I've got? You're not the only one who pays alimony. I'm saying Gloria and the kids a lot of money every month. Oh, I was there. It wasn't a bad settlement. It was a miserable settlement. How could you expect any woman to live on the kind of pittance that judge would?
0: <laughs> Just money really somewhere in, in a vacuum bottle
1: The only money I've got is earmarked for my wife and kids. They're my principal investment. That's the way it's going to remain. What
0: are you going
1: to do? You got a little bit of spinach. Well, that's it. Don't
0: wash away. Don't do it. Now you're in or out?
1: I'm out. I have no faith in the glue business or in your doctor. Sorry to let you down
4: like this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So. I looked up that $2,000, you were very close, is $12,000 today. Oh, okay. So uh, in the middle of the clip, Felix gets out of the chair, Oscar gets in the chair, and now Felix, who, as we know, likes to play doctor, now for right. dentist, <laughs> and he starts examining Oscar's teeth with that mirror, and then he goes to clean his teeth, as we hear. At the end, when he says, sorry to let you down, he is using <laughs> the <a> pedal <laughs> to let the chair down. It, it, it's,
3: it it's it's a it's like a terrible pun, but it's a great side gag. <laughs> it is, and uh, I love how it also it just gradually segues into that. Like while they're talking about all the stuff about the alimony and the divorce, which isn't necessarily joke filled, right? It's like you realize this is just a patter to cover up anything where Felix is gradually putting Oscar in, in the chair and and treating him. So it's really well done.
2: Also, I thought it was interesting when when Oscar says, it wasn't that bad, I was there.
3: Yeah, what does he mean by that? Like, I mean, I believe from the chronology, right, that we, we can establish that uh, when Felix and Gloria divorced, you know, he was basically living with Oscar, so Oscar would have been there on the sidelines or, like, hearing about it. But why he would be in the courtroom or wherever the negotiations taking place, I don't know.
2: We have a new scene. Uh, we have a slow exterior shot of the San oh, can Remo. Can I also just say yes, I say. love,
3: they're getting, they are getting good mileage out of the dentist jokes. Yes. The, pos- you know, the potential for dentist jokes. And I love when Elmo says, make yourself at home, rinse, Yeah. It. He's just such a predictable, like, dentist.
2: So we have a slow exterior shot of the San Remo up. Uh, as the camera moves up, Felix is in the living room with a telephone repairman who is mm-hmm. struggling to remove the glued phone from the base. He says, "Boy, that must have been some party." Our phones don't do this. Buell says, "Can you fix it?" The man says, "Does it ring?" Buell says, "Yeah," and he says, "Then it's fixed." He's played by Wally Taylor, who has small parts on such other shows as Ironside, Starsky and Hutch, Sanford and Son, Quincy.
3: Wow, it's like it's like Klugman was like handing out a <laughs> business card. It's like, but I didn't even know the show was happening. He just kept the. either he made friends with everyone who was on the show.
2: Uh, Cagney and Lacey, 227, and Rock. Now, there is something that I think makes this person unique. Do you know... Uh, you, that
3: he is not white.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, and there's something about that that makes him unique.
3: Um, that We don't get a lot of uh, people of color showing up. In well, that's the same thing. No, roles, there's
2: something yeah. else. And you, I don't know how you would guess it, So, uh, but I'll allow you to keep guessing. There's something... He is the only actor, I believe, to appear on two, uh, on two different TV shows.
3: I'm sorry. You mean the only actor to appear on two different TV shows in his life? You just listed
2: two credits. He, there are two TV shows that have a connection, and I believe this is the only uh, actor who was on both shows. Don't tell me he was on The New Odd Couple. He was on The New Odd Couple.
3: Wow. All right. That is, that is uh, quite a connection.
2: Uh, Do you know who
3: he played? On,
2: in the- uh, I I saw it, but I don't. I didn't write. I it doubt
3: down. he played the same role because they only. First of all, the new lockup only lasted <laughs> a few episodes, and the lot. Those episodes were uh, rehashed. They they used the same scripts for most of most of them, and uh, which is a subject for another conversation. It's interesting, but uh, I yeah I don't know. I'll, I'll look up to see
2: i think I, it was a character and i think he's just a character in episode i would hope that... he had
3: a more sizable role
2: and that's what i got the feeling of
3: yeah
2: uh he is very funny in this and it is
3: notable that right there i noticed as they're going into past season three they are diversifying a bit even with i mean this is a small part but he gets to have a lot of dialogue and and talks back to felix a bit you know sasses him a bit so it's also
2: an unnecessary scene
3: you're right and i think it was cut i wonder if it was i think it was cut. i don't remember it very well and it can easily be cut but it isn't it only is necessary i think for establishing the phone one more time because it comes up later
2: uh, yeah i don't think you would have needed it but
3: although whether you would call the phone company if
2: well because back in the day you were
3: the phone Oh, that's right they owned the phone yeah they
2: own the phones yeah
3: yeah right uh but what does felix think he's gonna do like have some magic Degluer?
2: Yeah, I think I see myself doing this. Hmm. if yes, or, You're right. Or, 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 or or just give the it a phone. Replace yeah. it,
3: like the cable box.
2: Right. Felix says, "But I can't lift it up." The man says, "That's not my department." He starts writing on a notepad. Felix says, "Well, you're a phone man," and he says, "Look, I handle mechanical failures and disturbances on the line, not glue." <laughs> Felix asks, "What happens now?" And the man says, "Well, now your case is going to be turned over to defacement and vandalism, Ooh. and you could be in real serious trouble."
3: That's a
2: good point. Felix says, what can you do to me? And the man says, anything we want. We're a monopoly.
3: <laughs> hey, good, good uh, Ma Bell joke, right? Yep. That's a, this was, this was very current, wasn't it? When did they break up? Uh,
2: oh, like the, I think later 70s or early it 80s. Was, early 80s, it was 80s going maybe.
3: on then. All right.
2: He opens the door to leave and Myrna and Miriam walk in. No, Myrna and Murray walk in, sorry. He looks at them and says, another party, huh? They say hi to Felix, and he asks them what they are doing here. And Myrna says they are there for the first glue investors meeting. Felix says, glue investors? You mean Oscar talked you out of some money? And Murray says, no, he's letting us in on the ground floor of the greatest thing since the shoelace. Felix says, this is very risky. And Myrna says, I think it's exciting. We're in on a brand new invention, and I'm getting my teeth capped for free. Mm -hmm. Murray says I had to talk my wife into letting me draw the money out of our joint account we've been saving up for twin waterbeds (laughs)
3: Uh, that's funny for some reason
2: another waterbed joke I I guess waterbeds we had it was a fad yeah yeah Uh, and then we'll play into our uh, our next clip
1: have some fruit
0: no it's (laughs) gaseous. where is the captain of industry He's with our major investor.
1: Yeah, we just put in a little bit. You mean he's found himself a big fish, huh? Yeah,
0: we're just little guppies. <laughs> well,
1: here's the mastermind of the glue scandal. Aren't you proud of yourself? Bilking your underpaid secretary out of a pittance? Taking advantage of New York's dumbest?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's the sucker you're taking to the cleaners?
0: Your ex-wife, Gloria. <laughs> Column Tyler. The expansion teams of today are the Super Bowl champs of tomorrow. Got that? Yeah, it's a real grab of Miss Dem. That'll sell papers. Hi, Hi, Fierce. Hello. The football. You don't look happy. Why should I look happy?
1: (laughs) Roommate went around slinking behind my back, (laughs) plundered my children's college (laughs) fund. I went over to Gloria's house to try to talk some sense to her.
0: About Would you like to know what happened? No. Yeah. I'll start at the beginning.
1: I walked up to the door. Which I rang with the bell. Gloria, opened the door. She said hello, Felix. I said hello, Gloria. <laughs> Leonard and <laughs> we're at time home. Time.
0: Wait a minute. You're going to Thurston? I said, Gloria. Don't
1: think you think I'm you should sorry, reconsider? throwing your money away on Oscar's fly-by-night
0: ski? Kansas City Sunday. Do you know what she said?
2: I'll tell
1: you what she said. She said, Felix, I want to think for myself. I said, why should you think for yourself when you've got me to think for
0: you? That's when Manny
1: called me a male chauvinist. Who's Manny? Now i Now putting up the Venetian, <laughs> Venetian <laughs> blinds. <Blimey. laughs> Glory is stubborn and she's obstinate, but she's not stupid. She agreed that I should take care of her investment.
0: What do you mean you're going to take care of her investment?
1: I mean that I have her proxy on all decisions made from this moment on. And this is one investment that's going to skyrocket to big bucks, buddy. (laughs) Lucky you, you're along for a free ride. Wait a minute, Mr. Proxy. Who died and left you the boss? Gloria is the biggest investor in this barnacle madness, which automatically makes me president. Now, with your permission, I'm going to read my encyclopedia. Try to find out about barnacles and glue. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell Elmo to fight this coup d'etat. And Elmo will listen to me, because Unger is the name, and glue is my
0: game. (laughs) Goodbye,
2: Mr. President.
0: (laughs) I don't like that guy. I want him in, he doesn't want to come in. I get his wife, and then he comes in, he pushes me out, he becomes president, because glue is my game. (laughs) Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive.
2: If Elmo has ten thousand dollars in, and Gloria has two thousand, how does that make Felix president? You know, you're asking the wrong man. I never understood
3: how these things work. I'm Not really a capitalist. So, um, what do you think? Is what it? What about? I wait, mean, you're not
2: a cat. What about all the money we're making off this podcast? What are you doing with that? That's offshore. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, he says, he says, he speaking says, speaking of which,
3: why aren't yeah. we making money off of this podcast? Uh,
2: because we're, how would we do that? Hmm. You mean all those people with these podcasts are not just like. Well, some sell it? ads, but I don't have yeah. the time to go do that. And I don't think we have. We could sell ads for Quincy we'll, Runs. I think we'll need a, uh, we have a good <laughs> listener base, but I don't think we have enough to sell ads. Okay. Um, well, technically,
3: I guess Elmo's not a shareholder, so. But, but doesn't the whoever the owner or whoever is is technically owns shares no. in the company,
2: right? No. I think he has no. Oh. He has ten thousand. Let's say he is ten thousand, and uh, Gloria put in two. So he has let's, to have a separate board. Let's say for no. Let's say Myrna and Miriam, Myrna and Murray, put in. There is no
3: Miriam in this episode.
2: I don't know. I keep saying Miriam, which is Miriam. which is
3: notable, by the way. Though, like they keep leaving out.
2: <laughs> Myrna and Murray each put in five hundred. So that would give then that would make Elmo the majority shareholder in the company.
3: If yes, if that's, and so he's right, the he president, could, he can, he can still be the president of his own company, right? He doesn't have to have no, he's, a separate group of outside. You know. Felix says
2: Felix says Gloria is the largest shareholder in this, whatever, which yeah. would have to include Elmo in that pile. So he, she's not, is it possible
3: uh, that Gloria put in more than 2000? I, uh, uh
2: well, he she would have to put in more than ten thousand. then. Okay. And I but don't they
3: didn't it, they didn't literally say she's only putting in the same two thousand that was.
2: I, it's implied because but why yeah, would she that's now all put all in... wanted, right? Right. So it it's obviously they need Felix to be this guy. <laughs> Felix needs to take uh, over. It's a it's fa- I believe it's factually incorrect. Uh, also what's why with what's with the uh unnecessary attack on Murray calling him New York's dumbest it to his <laughs> that's face. A bit,
3: that's a bit crude. That a was bit... that was a Cruel.
2: You say crude or cruel?
3: Crude and cruel. Yeah. yeah. For uh, Felix, especially,
2: it was so. unnecessary. Murray didn't do anything. That's any more well of there. an Oscar Joe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I understand he's upset, but still.
3: Can I? Uh, one thing I love about this scene is the uh, the the oh, orchestration. Yes, I
2: was about to say that. You the, go ahead. Yes.
3: Of the cross talking of the co- you know the overlapping dialogue, right, and the way it is just uh, orchestrated to climax at that point where uh, where finally Oscar pays attention when Felix delivers the big news. That's just really good. That shows, reminds us that sitcoms have directors, <laughs> it's, that it's not just in the writing.
2: I don't think it, and it's not just the orchestration of the climax. It's the way that Jack Klugman, and Tony Randall yes. can do that with right. Penny Marshall playing a really critical role there. Right.
4: The way right. the three
2: of them, yeah. the rhythm yeah. to really make that seem really natural is yeah. really yeah. impressive.
3: Yeah yeah and i agree right it's like and we see there have been other scenes where clugman and randall can do this can yeah this is a bit i feel like this is and, the second
2: time we've addressed this
3: and there is uh this, and especially the way usually when oscar's working right he's like typing or he's writing his story and he he because uh, he knows sports is probably very good at kind of you know making that stuff up and i also feel there's a little ad libbing going on with when i love the whole start from the beginning well i open the door and gloria said hello and i said hello <laughs> <laughs> the way that Randall progresses through that story is hilarious.
2: Are you surprised that Gloria would give Oscar $2,000? Yes. 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 Okay. So um, we're now back. we back now at uh, Elwell's office. Oscar's sitting in the chair again. This time he has a bib. And there's a suction device that's taking spit, I assume, out of, or saliva out of his mouth. So Oscar's mumbling something and seems to be under anesthesia. The technician, the same woman, says, uh, He asks Oscar, what is he saying? And Oscar says, Have you ever been kissed by a man with cotton in his mouth? And the woman says, Yeah, Eli Whitney. Da-dum-bum. Oscar says, You're cute. Woman says, Don't talk. Let the anesthesia work. You know, we have to, we never
3: commented on how in the opening scene, this is like um, amongst the most, uh, <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? The most leering that Oscar does like in the whole series so far.
2: Yeah. He's very... Uh, uh, He's very crude. Yes. He's very <laughs> proactive in to trying ground. to hit on yes. her. Yeah. Uh, she leaves. Elmo comes in. He says to uh, Oscar, feeling groggy, huh? And Oscar says, when do I get to La La Land? Elmo says, you'll be out in a few minutes oscar says good i'm flying free he says groggily as he knocks a suction device out of his mouth and uh that leads to our our next clip
0: i feel like a big big balloon hi and here comes the pin <laughs> hi oscar hi, Elmo.
1: hey i knew i'd find you both there so i thought what better time to hold a stockholders meeting huh not now, Felix. I'm right in the middle of working on Oscar, and he's under anesthesia. Oh. Well, you're the one I want to talk to, anyway. It'll only take a minute. What's so important? I've got a marvelous idea, but naturally I need your approval. What'd you say, Oscar? No, don't don't pay any attention. Just listen. To me. Listen. We've got only so much money to work with, right? And most of it's Gloria's, right? So, what we want to do is make that money work for us. Now. I've set up meetings meeting with Board of Directors of the GCA, the Glue Corporation of America.
4: What for?
1: We'll show them Elmo's glue. We'll convince them. They'll flip over it, and they'll buy the rights to manufacture it. You mean, sell it to them? Sure. Let them pay for the cost of future development. They'll take the risk while we sit back and rake in the nifty problem. Right? What a great idea. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put on a professional presentation. We'll have maps, we'll have graphs, we'll have charts, and an amazing demonstration. What do we know about presentations? We're not pros. It'll cost a fortune. Normally, yes, but I am a pro. And with your help, with everybody's help, I know I can pull this thing off. Gee, I'd like to do more research. Of course you would. You see, you're with me. The meeting's set up. What do you say? We'll go. I know I can do it. Well, I have to check it out with Oscar. If he says okay, I'll go along with it. After all, he knows you better than anybody else. Okay with me? What do you say, Oscar? Hey, buddy. Do you have faith in Felix? He would have said yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, between then, with the next scene is the presentation. Wouldn't Oscar, at some point after the anesthesia, have gone to Elmo and say no well, well he does say it you know at the well, presentation. Uh,
3: presumably it was too late uh, you know he got felix got elmo to agree so
2: during um, that scene oscar's like trying to punch and kick at felix <laughs> while he's in the chair and he can't get anywhere near him it's very funny
3: yes um yeah hey you know what i just realized when he called it elmo's glue i wonder if that's they called they named him elmo because of elmer's glue
2: it could be, and in fact, I have something to reference about oh, that at okay. the end.
3: Oh, I will, I will let you do that.
2: Uh, so now we have a new scene and we pan upwards on a corporate office-looking building, uh, a, yeah, like a, an office building in New York. We see Felix, Felix and Murray and Oscar preparing the presentation in an all wooden boardroom, conference room type room. They're all wearing suits. We see in the background a map, we see the bowling ball with the pencil and we see the telephone oscar says felix please don't bore them with the story about the history of glue felix says the history of glue is not boring it proves that we're sincere and now i'm not going to say anymore because th- i like this scene a lot mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, six minutes and 15 seconds but i think we have to play the whole scene it speaks for itself it does okay
1: Who's running this demonstration? I am. All right. To your
0: post. Who's you got it? Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm John Abernathy. This is Steve Abernathy and Pop Abernathy. You do? Gentlemen, you may present your presentation. Thank you. Gentlemen.
0: What's your name? Felix. How Felix, like the cat? Yes. <laughs> Gentlemen, yeah, what's his name
1: that's murray yeah. and this is elmo pop oh, please 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 right. gentlemen i propose to tell you the
0: story of glue we're glue men we know everything about it now wait a minute i'd like to hear it i love a good glue story <laughs> go ahead and felix the cat <laughs> now gentlemen
1: when you think of the country of Holland, what do you think of? Windmills, wooden shoes, tulips?
0: Haircuts. Haircuts? <laughs> haircuts. Yes, those Dutch boy haircuts.
1: <laughs> oh, that's very good. Huh? <laughs> but when you think of Holland, do you ever think of glue? Or of the year 1690? For it was in that year, in Holland, that glue was first made, according to that great glue historian, John Delmont. Murray, you're pointing to Finland. (laughs) Now you're an athlete. (laughs) It was at that time that the Dutch first made glue by solubilizing certain vegetables, such as... (laughs) don't think we'd like this on the back of our postage stamps, would we? Thank you, Katrinka.
0: That was a good story, John. I like Katrinka. Now, as the glue
1: industry moved from Holland, right here, to England, right here, new methods of making glue were discovered. Glue was obtained from hides and bones. And what animal do you suppose was the principal contributor?
0: The horsey. Right. <laughs> the poor horsey. That's the end of the business I always hated.
1: Well, be of good cheer, sir. For the poor horse is no longer necessary in the manufacture of glue. And do you know why? Why? Barnacles! Barnacles. Barnacles? Barnacles, gentlemen! This lowly sea creature has disclosed to Dr. Elmo Most her secret of the most powerful glue known on Earth. But, you may ask, what does this mean to the
0: average man? What does this mean to the average man? Well, please! Well, he said you may ask, so I asked. <laughs>
4: Let's find
1: out. Let's take a stroll down the lane and see who we run into. Who is that? His name is Oscar.
4: Hi, Oscar.
1: Sir? Yes, sir. You look like an average
0: man. Thank you. May I ask you of your experiences with glue? Oh, I have had terrible experiences with glue, sir. I can't seem to find a satisfactory glue that would satisfy all my glue needs.
1: And do most of your friends feel the
0: same way? Yes, they do. We wish we could find a glue that we could tr- trust. Thank you, stranger. Well, Mr. Average
1: Man, you're in luck. Have you ever heard of Elmo's Barnacle Blue? Elmo's Barnacle Blue. What an interesting name! Do you know of the amazing properties of Elmo's Barnacle Blue?
0: No, and Felix, what's name? My filling just fell out.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Average Man. Good
0: actor. Now for our demonstration. Uh, is that the end of the story? Yes. Well, I only stay for the stories. You can do what you want, John, but I buy some of his glue. If it's good enough for Oscar, it's good enough for me. <laughs> Thanks for the horses. <laughs> Now that my father's gone, let's get down to business. What does your glue
1: do? I'll give you two minutes. Yes, sir. Well, two minutes, two minutes. Exactly what I need. Two minutes. Sir, before you came into the room, I took the liberty of applying Elmo's barnacle glue to several objects in this room. As a matter of fact, the legs of the very chair you're sitting in have been neatly sawn off and glued back with Elmo's barnacle glue. You look a little skeptical. I was a skeptic once myself, sir, until a friend came to my home and showed me an amazing demonstration. He glued my phone. A glued phone, you say? What could that do? Let's find out when we try to answer the phone. Ring! (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't talk now. (laughs) But you glued the phone. I do. Let's look around us and see what else we see. Ah! A pencil glued to a bowling ball a bowling ball picked up by a pencil impossible you say as indeed it is
0: write down that word Hunger, i think i've seen quite
1: no, no, no. enough please just let us show you one more thing please sit down please
4: <laughs> <laughs> well i think our two minutes is about it <laughs>
2: So did you hear him say that great glue historian, John Del Monte? I did this time. Yes.
3: That is a real person.
2: Yes. John Del Monte, I'm reading from a bio. John Del Monte, both as an individual and through the two companies he founded, was one of the leading pioneers in composites and adhesives. His book, Technology of Adhesives, was the Bible on adhesives for many engineers during the 50s, encouraging their application in aircraft. He wrote nine Um, technical books relating to materials and processes.
3: Is he a author
2: from the twentieth century? Yes, nineteen fifties.
3: Oh, I yes. see. Okay, yes. So not some ancient. Uh, no, and he's no. not. Not also related to the Del Monte. uh,
2: uh, uh not that I'm food, aware of.
3: No. Corporation. Okay. <clears throat>
2: um. So, a lot happened in that scene. First of all, let's talk about the actors. Pop Abernathy is played by Malcolm Atterbury. He has hundred fifty nine credits from the fifties through the seventies, uh, which means he started out acting as a on TV, at least, fairly, you know, as an older person.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Notable you know title. Who else did
3: that? I, I, noticed, I didn't get to talk about it last week, but Herbie Fay also uh, oh. was someone who I, I, I got to think he was at least a stand up comedian or something, but his career, he only really started acting professionally uh, in early or in 1950s television when he was already. Unless a, there
2: was theater stuff that we don't know. Well, that's
3: the thing. It's like they per, maybe he was a stage performer who just never broke into movies or radio or so well, Ma- he was on radio but not movies
2: yeah. malcolm atterbury was in the movie i was a teenage werewolf he was on peter gunn twilight zone the movie seven days in may Gunsmoke, quincy T- little house on the prairie john abernathy uh he was mostly a voice actor uh he really doesn't have a lot of credits outside of this show and voice actor his also. voice is very distinctive in this uh, scene so in the episode myrna comes in as katrinka she in a dutch girl outfit yeah um <laughs> When Felix, Felix picks up the phone and grabs the uh, pencil, obviously both of them are now detached <laughs> from the items they're here to Just,
3: just to repeat, like to, ran, Tony Randall's readings of his surprise to pick yeah. up the phone yeah. and say, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I can't talk now. And with the pe- pencil, he says, impossible, you say? Yeah. As a deity? write that word. Give yeah. the pencil to Oscar. Write that word. <laughs> he just like completely just BS's his way through, yeah. <laughs> through these disasters.
2: Uh, and Felix gives pops a stuffed horse, uh, in the, in the segment, which is why there's a reference to the horsey.
3: It, it is a, a somewhat polished presentation though.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job. So, you know, Murray should have been rehearsed on where Amsterdam was <laughs> probably. Uh, but it was a good presentation. And if it all had worked, I think they might, like if, if the glue had worked, I yes. think they may have gotten somewhere.
3: And I think yeah, the touch of, of, of the boss falling on his ass oh that's the the other thing yeah it's like you know the ultimate low low lowbrow slapstick but it's so perfect it's like the inevitable thing that has to finally happen in the scene
2: but of course it means at some point they came into a conference room (laughs) in a corporation with a saw hours early i believe you work in a
3: somewhat corporate app yes you you think that's you know impossible maybe maybe there wasn't much security then i don't know but most uh,
2: chairs in conference rooms are made of metal (laughs) not wood anyway and you would need hours to do that i'm, I'm curious which one did felix do it uh, I'm not- exactly i was i vision murray doing that yeah so we have a new scene after that we're still in the boardroom it's a few minutes later i guess murray says gee felix this is real exciting when that guy hit the floor i almost died
3: <laughs> proving my point that it's the most lowbrow kind of slapstick
2: felix hands murray the phone so that he can take it out of the room. Oscar comes in and says, I just talked to Elmo. He figured out what was wrong. Barnacle glue won't hold for any length of time unless it's wet. Water is the secret ingredient. Felix says, some scientists, then how come your feeling, filling fell out? Oscar says, you may be so nervous with that cockamamie presentation, my mouth went dry. Murray then goes and leaves the room. Felix says, well, we lost our money. Oscar says, no, he's gonna give us back our investment. Felix says, how come? Octor says the glue go corporation is going to give him a grant is going to give him a grant to do some research. They think he could beat the problem. They said we shouldn't have rushed into making a presentation. By the way, it was the glue corporation of America earlier. And now it's glue go.
3: Well, so, maybe he said glue co like it's abbreviation.
2: He could have. That's true. It's possible. That may, that may be, I, I, the, the captioning said glue go, but maybe the captioning I I've noticed is not always correct. So you, you're right. That could be. Uh, and By the way, do
3: you know, as Oscar says, our investment?
2: Yes, I know. It's a lot of ours. Uh, <clears throat> then uh, Felix says, well, then it's all the best. We're still in business. Oscar says, no, we're not. They're giving him the money under one condition. He gets rid of us. Felix says he wouldn't sell us out. Oscar says, are you kidding? He wouldn't even replace my filling. He gave me the name of another dentist. Felix says Elmo's the only one who came out ahead. And then at this point, Pop and Myrna, still dressed as Katrinka, walk in. Pop says, well, my Katrinka, my dear, would you like me to show you how we jar the glue? And Myrna says, yeah. Pop says, I mean, put the caps on it. Myrna says, yeah. Pop says, good, we'll come right away, come right this way, my dear. my dear." Myrna says, yeah. Felix says, I guess he got tired of playing with the horsey. And then we have a tag. The tag is Felix is making something in the kitchen. Oscar walks in and says, "What what's that you're making? Felix says, egg salad. It's good. Not like that ersatz you brought home.
3: Fancy word for Yes. That I had to look system. it up.
2: I, I mean, I've heard the word. I didn't realize what it meant, which it means like an inferior form of something, right? Yeah.
3: A oh, an inferior. Copy. Cheap copy.
2: Uh, Felix says, want a taste. Oscar says, no, I'm not hungry. I'm still upset about that glue. Felix says, "Yeah, well, it wasn't in the cards." Oscar says, "I don't know. I thought it was a sure thing. I was counting the royalties already." Felix says, "Oscar, guys like us again
3: royalties for something he did not invest anything in."
2: Exactly. I guess he could claim. He could have to claimed
3: give, a percentage, right? Right,
2: because he's the he's the uh, agent. Yeah. Diel says Oscar guys like us were, we're just we're not supposed to win the jackpot that's all there is to it Oscar says yeah I guess it's the breaks. I remember when I was a kid I hit a ball down the sewer. see I went looking for it and found there a, found a bag of money so I went to I went for it see and I ripped my pants I scrap my fore, I scraped my forehead but I got it and I brought it home to my brother my mother. She said, you got to bring it around the neighborhood and find out who it belongs to. So I went out and I found that Cropkins tailor shop had been robbed. See, so I went home and she said, now you've got to take it back to him. Maybe he'll give you a reward. Felix said, did he? Oscar says, yeah, he sewed up my pants. It's not a very good Touching tag. story. Yeah, but it's not that. He tells it It's a bit anticlimactic, I think. It's very anticlimactic. Well, that's the joke, I guess. So I did, I've always wondered, like, this seems like a really smart idea to make glue out of barnacles. (laughs)
3: So So, here you are, Ted, in the year 2021, going, I wonder if anyone has ever really thought about
2: this. And on August 24th of this year, there was an article in Wired that said, there's a team at MIT creating a glue inspired by barnacles to stop excessive bleeding by sealing the skin in seconds. There's an article which I looked up in something called Nature Biomedical Engineering. I know you get that, but I don't. Oh yeah, I
3: I had their calendar.
2: And here's the abstract from that article. Tissue adhesives do not normally perform well on tissues that are covered with blood or other bodily fluids. Here we report the design adhesion mechanism and performance of a paste that hemostatically seals tissue in less than 15 seconds independently of the blood coagulation rate. With the design inspired by barnacle glue, which strongly adheres to wet and contaminated surfaces owing to adhesive proteins embedded in lipid-rich matrix, the paste consists of a blood-repelling hydrophobic oil matrix containing embedded microparticles that co- covently cross-link with tissue services on the application of gentle pressure. So. How many years later? We're forty uh, seven years later, right? Yep. And three, like four weeks before we do this podcast,
3: <laughs> they're still at it.
2: As far as I could tell, I, I mean, but this from is what you're maybe, saying it still has, or maybe succeeded. this is the, or maybe this is the no. What I'm saying is, this is the first. We're now actually at a place where this oh, is I becoming see. reality, right? Unless there's been other attempts.
3: Well, I can't imagine that this comes out and they. I mean, this must have already been a uh, a craze or a theory or something. I mean, I can't imagine they made it up out of thin air. Right. People must, there must have been scientists working on this for a long time.
2: But how real But It's it- like one of
3: those things like cold fusion. It's like, you know, it's always a myth. Like, is it going to ever, can anyone really, everyone thinks, there's always someone who thinks they can develop it and invent it and it never works. And
2: what I tried to I mean, find we know out. that You
3: can't buy it. We know that you can't buy Barnacle Woo, I assume.
2: What I. What I can't figure out is, has there anything been as close as this, what I just mm-hmm. read before okay. this? And if not, it's pretty amazing that, again, three weeks before we do the podcast, this article comes out.
3: Yeah. Timely. No one can say this. We are not timely.
2: And, and yes,
3: yeah, go ahead. And go oh, ahead.
2: so uh, the other thing I found is someone is selling a t-shirt that says <laughs> Elmo's barnacle glue with a picture of a Elmo's glue bottle that just says uh-huh. Elmo's barnacle glue on it. Hmm. That was my reference. That, earlier. Those are the people
3: that make you know. There's there's someone that sells all these odd couple kind of paraphernalia stuff. I don't know. There's a sponsor.
2: Okay. Possibly. Either... What there, is you... a,
3: there is a website I remember. I've because someone is I've been given some of those items that you know. Uh, Felix Unger portraits a specialty business cards. I
2: see. What do? What do you want to say?
3: I was just going to say, Ted. You know, this is mind blowing. The, what you've brought to the show and, and, a, and a reminder that we are more than just a TV recap show. This is truly educational.
2: Okay, maybe we'll get a grant from the uh, public broadcasting system. That's... Yes. and
3: Or the glue industry.
2: Uh, So I've always enjoyed this episode. I found the whole barnacle thing fascinating. It seems like really interesting. Like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Why hasn't anyone ever done this? And I've always wondered, how did this come up in the show? Mm -hmm. The guy, you know, uh, you said that uh, the writer. uh, Yes. Lowell Um,
3: Rothman said that it was someone else, someone else's idea.
2: Right. So I don't know if that guy was a dentist before he became (laughs) a writer or how he figured it out. But I always watch this and go, wow, this is really cool. I've never heard anyone else talk about Barnacle, whoever, like it never became a thing. I always was amazed by the pencil, the bowling ball. Maybe I'm naive <laughs> and I've always enjoyed that presentation scene. So I give it three and a half out of five. I, I, it's, I, you know, I think Val Avery's okay. And I don't laugh out. I do laugh out loud at moments. Um, I can't give it any higher than that because I save that for other episodes, but three and a half out of five is I think good. And I, I always enjoy it. I always enjoy this episode. You know,
3: it's funny. You're saying uh, how you always found the barnacle idea. Interesting. And for me, I found, I've always found it just so obscure. I just, it was a problem for me with this episode. And now it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I must say I was not looking forward. I did not expect to enjoy this so much because I just remember, oh yeah, that really weird one with the dentist and the barnacles that I I didn't remember much about the story. Uh, uh, It just seems, it's always seems so obscure to me, but watching it now, I get it as a, a, not just the science of it, but a satire of like investment craze, right? Like this is also a 70s fad is, you know, that any average person can get in on the ground floor of anything and invest in anything. It's, it's a real capitalism satire, you know, of like that kind of uh, fantasizing that uh, anyone could find the next great invention, but it, it's of course never gonna work out. It's also a very Ralph Cramden kind of thing. Isn't it like what he does it, there's with a, the dog food? Yes,
2: <laughs> and the reference to the uh, to the uh, Vermont oil wells is also very, another yeah, honeymooners right. callback. Yes, I agree with you.
3: <laughs> of course, yeah, that joke about the Vermont oil wells, is very funny just to call it oil wells in Vermont, but the maple syrup joke is kind of weird because obviously, maple syrup only comes from trees
2: the day dr most would go on shark tech
3: oh yeah there you go hey great! what they should have done that in the cbs reboot of the uh,
2: did they i don't want i didn't no, watch it I so neither, okay. that's a whole
3: other issue. anyway to get back to this though uh i yeah i had a whole new appreciation for the for the episode not so much because of the science but uh, but the, yeah but the portrayal of like how investment craze and how felix and it, it, it's shown in felix's uh, arc right that he begins a skeptical and then of course he becomes obsessed and has to take over which is where the comedy comes from the presentation scene is fabulous it's one of it's like up there with the courtroom scenes right Felix as the master of ceremonies or whatever uh, putting on his his overly fake formal kind of speaking style that comes out of a 1940s movie travelogue or something well it's like when he uh, says
2: mucilage
3: yes <laughs> right uh he just gets to totally put it on and and uh it's like as i said like the courtroom scene so uh i always did remember that, that was funny but i forgot how funny um so and early on how many there's it, it takes a while to build to that but i love the you know the oscars uh, sandwiches in a bag and uh <laughs> a bunch of other great jokes that we've uh, alluded to already so i give it a four i mean i i i uh i sense we like it pretty much the same amount i'm just a little a little less stingy given out as we as i get older you know as we get on in the show uh i would say i give it a four
2: yeah i agree we're on the same page uh well if you have any feedback for us or comments on the episode or any information about the episode that we don't know you can email us at 1049
3: pod any glue experts out there
2: yeah, if you're a relative of John Del Monte and know something about this, maybe you, he consulted on the episode. Maybe he was the. Maybe he was that writer. <laughs> yes, it's funny. The thing of it
3: is, someone not at all in show business who says, "I I have a great idea about the story of Barnacle Glue."
2: Uh, you can email us at 1049 pod at gmail.com. Uh, to your point earlier, Garrett, I maybe we should try to make some money in this. And this is one investment that's going to die rocket to big bucks, buddy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.